Hi, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spiritual Ho podcast. I am your host with the most, the Spiritual Ho herself, Kathan. I hope everyone had a fabulous week. If you didn't, that's okay. It's time to start fresh. It's time to start new. It's time to go ahead and say fuck you to the bad vibes and hello, good vibes. You know, exhale the bullshit, inhale the good shit. Y'all, I am so excited for this week's episode. We're going to talk about one of my favorite book tropes in spicy romances, and that is a good old-fashioned why choose, also known as a reverse harem. We're going to go ahead and get more into detail about that in a little bit. We're also going to talk about the tarot cards and see what the universe has in store for us and see what kind of advice the universe wants to give us and how we're going to take this week by stride and what else we need to do to get to where we need to be in life. So with that being said, grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab your croissants, grab your friend, grab your partner. It doesn't matter. Grab someone you care about. Listen and shut the fuck up. We're going to get into it. All right, let's start with the tarot cards of the week. Let's see what the universe has to say. At the top of the deck, we have the king of wands. And with the king of wands, the energy is that of finally stepping into your power. We are all strong, powerful individuals, and we have the potential to reach our higher self. Right now, we are in that energy where enough is enough. We are tired of constantly bringing ourselves down. We are tired of constantly feeling like we are not good enough. It's time to take a stand and it's time to really just own up to who we are. And who are we? We're someone who's powerful. We're someone who's smart, who's wise, who's amazing courageous who's beautiful inside and out it doesn't matter and we are finally opening up to that fact that we are this that and the third and a whole bag of chips bitch we are that bitch regardless of who you are girl gays theys it doesn't matter we have so much potential and the universe is reminding us that we are just scratching the surface. We can do anything that we set our minds to. We are powerful manifestors. We are powerful beings. And we know what we want. It's just a matter of actually going out and getting it. The only person standing in your way is yourself. So you have to ask yourself if you're done wallowing in self-pity, if you're done feeling bad for yourself, are you done or are you still going to stay stagnant and still keep yourself in this mindset that's so negative that's going to keep weighing you down and reminding you that you're not going to get to where you need to be unless you take the plunge. It's scary to start something. It's scary to think that if you want to start a new chapter in your life, that failure is a possibility. But You will never know if you are going to fail at something or not until you actually try. So get up and try. Get up and remind yourself, who the fuck are you? And who is that? Someone who is more than capable and more than willing to be the best possible version of yourself at the end of the day. You have all of the gifts within you that the universe bestowed on you before you came on this earth. You are 
are a light being. You are so powerful and it kills me to see people waste their potential on things that no longer serve a purpose for them, whether that be a career, a person, a place, it doesn't matter. If you aren't happy where you're at, move. You're not a fucking tree. Just fucking move. You want to move to a different country? Move to a different country. You want to be a CEO of your own company? Then take the necessary steps of becoming that CEO. If you're tired of someone who's been in your life romantically or platonically constantly putting you down and not letting you spread your wings and fly, cut them off. It's okay to cut people off that no longer serve a purpose for you because better people and better opportunities are headed your way. It's just a matter of taking that plunge and really just reminding yourself who the fuck you are like really who are you who are you at your very core you are someone who is willing who is kind who is smart who has everything within them to make their dreams a reality it's just a matter of getting out of your own way because no one else is standing in your way other than yourself Anytime you point a finger at someone and blaming someone else for your own misfortunes, you got to be reminded about the fact that three more fingers are pointing back at you. And you really have no one to blame for yourself for your own downfall. Don't be the person that is going to prevent you from reaching your goals. Be the person that's going to uplift you because at the end of the day, all you have is yourself anyways. And you need to be reminded that even if all of your friends, all of your family and all of your loved ones decide to leave one day, you are all you have. And you need to remind yourself that you can carry on and be the best possible version of yourself. It's just a matter of actually taking that step. So don't be afraid to take that step. Don't be afraid to remind yourself who the fuck you are don't be afraid to remind others who the fuck you are and show yourself what you can do and what can you do you can do anything you set your mind to and never forget that now at the bottom of the deck we do have the eight of swords with the eight of swords it's about feeling trapped it's mental entrapment We have been stuck in a mindset where we're constantly bringing ourselves down. We've let the intrusive thoughts win long enough. It's time for it to stop. It's time for us to finally put our foot down and release ourselves from the ties that bind us in a negative outlet in our life. Whatever is no longer serving you, don't be afraid to cut it out. Don't be afraid to cut out toxic people out of your life toxic situations a toxic workplace and don't be afraid to start a new chapter or even start a new book it can be scary to go ahead and look at the future and not know what's to come but what's even scarier is staying stagnant what's even scarier is staying in the same place that you've obviously outgrown it's time to move on and move forward to better things and better outcomes and it's just time for us to step out of our own way don't be afraid to ask for help as well don't be afraid to let others know that you're afraid to start something new 
you can tell your friends and family that you want to start something, but it's hard for you because of the mental state that you're currently in right now. And it's tough, especially right now with seasonal depression or if you have depression, you're around and it's hard for you to get out of a negative mindset. You need to surround yourself with people who are willing to watch you grow and help you grow at the same time and remind you of who you are as an individual and remind you that you are so capable and so deserving of the love that you obviously deserve and the success that you obviously deserve and so much abundance and so much prosperity. It's tough, especially with mental health and especially when you feel like anytime you tell someone about your problems, you feel like a burden. Don't feel like that. And I know it's easier said than done to say stop feeling like a burden, stop talking down to yourself because we're so used to it. We are our biggest enemy. We are constantly going to bring ourselves down when no one else does because we feel like we're not even scratching the surface. We're not even reaching our fullest and highest potential when we know we could be doing more. If you know that you could be doing more, then do something about it. Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to really just own up to who you are and remind yourself that you are not your bad days. You are not the negative energies or your intrusive thoughts. You are not someone who's constantly going to bring someone down. If you want to bring your best friend down, why would you bring yourself down? You should be your number one best friend at the end of the day as well and remind yourself that it'll all be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. And that you need to go through the motions and you need to go through all these trials and tribulations in order to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And as soon as you do, and as soon as you take your head out of your ass, you're going to realize it's a wonderful life. It's a beautiful life and it's a life worth living. It's a life worth exploring and worth it all. Everything is worth it so long as you stick to that mindset and remind yourself that you are so deserving of all the blessings that the universe wants to bestow on you. So stop being your own worst enemy and remind yourself that you have so much potential to build an empire and it all starts with you. So be patient with yourself and love yourself and give yourself so much grace that It's okay to mess up if you do, and it's okay to start over, even if it feels like it's the most scariest thing in the world. At the end of the day, it's going to be something that you can look forward to and something that is going to skyrocket you into the next best thing. Now, at the bottom of the deck, we do have the Eight of Swords. With the Eight of Swords, it is an energy of feeling stuck, whether that be mentally or physically, and feeling like you have nowhere to go. When it comes down to the Eight of Swords, you are not in quicksand. You can release yourself from the ties that bind you and that weigh you down and make you feel like you're lesser than other people. You're not lesser than. We're all equal to each other. And you need to understand that just because you're having a bad day or a bad week or 
bad couple of months or even a bad couple of years does not mean it's the end of the world. And I know it's really tough right now, especially with seasonal depression or if you have yearly depression, that it can be hard to get yourself out of this headspace and stop being your own worst enemy and thinking that you deserve all of these negative things when you don't. You deserve so much blessings and so much great opportunities that life wants to go ahead and bestow on you. It's just a matter of getting out of your own way. And it can be tough. And I know it's easier said than done. But it helps when you wake up and remind yourself who you are, what you're capable of, and what you want to do when it comes down to being successful. Remind yourself that you can be a CEO of your own business if you wanted to. If you hate where you live, then leave. You know, you're not a tree. Get the fuck up and move. And do something that is right for you and is going to put you back in a headspace where you're happy, where you're healthy, and you feel so blessed with everything that's about to come to you. When it comes down to the Eight of Swords, it's all about just releasing yourself from all of these negative connotations about your life and thinking that you are unworthy of so many of life's blessings and so many opportunities that the universe wants to go ahead and give you. So open yourself up to the fact that you're not going to fail if you decide to start new. It's okay to start over. It's okay to remind yourself that just because you've built up this foundation and like this castle and it no longer fits your script it's okay to break it down and start something fresh and start something new start something that's going to align with your spiritual path or with your path in general it doesn't matter but give yourself so much grace and just be patient with yourself and remind yourself that it's okay to have bad days but don't let those bad days influence the rest of your life Don't tell yourself that you're constantly going to get bad news. You're constantly going to be let down. If you invite that energy in, obviously it's going to happen constantly. But as soon as you switch it around and remind yourself that you are so worthy of all the good lessons and all the good blessings in between, the universe is going to remind you, yeah, you are. Here, have this, have that, have everything you've always wanted. You are a powerful manifester at the end of the day. If you don't like your reality, change it up. It's all right to change it up. It's okay to switch gears and start fresh and just look back at everything and try not to make the same mistakes again. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with others as well. And if you need help, Obviously, ask your friends and family and loved ones for help because they're there to guide you. They're there to hold your hand along the way the same way that you're holding their hand along the way. You wouldn't talk down to your best friend the way that you talk down to yourself. So stop doing that. Stop being mean to yourself and start reminding yourself who the fuck you are. And who are you? Someone who's great. Someone who's capable. Someone who deserves so much. So accept that and accept the love that the universe wants to go ahead and give you. Y'all, 
I am so upsetty spaghetti. I recorded an episode last night and granted I started off really late. I started recording around 8.30 or 9 p.m. and didn't finish until 4 a.m. And I just knew, I knew in the fucking depths and crevices of my bones that last night's episode was not going to be it. I tried to edit it this morning and it was just not working out the way that I wanted it to. It was all over the fucking place and I decided to make the executive decision of just starting over. However, I did decide to leave the tarot cards of the week up. So if you notice that my hair is different from last night, that's because it's two different fucking clips, bitch. But other than that, we are starting fresh. We are woo-sawing our way throughout the rest of the day and just reminding ourselves things happen for a reason. All right. And this episode is going to be a lot better than the episode that I recorded last night. So with that being said, this week's episode is about my favorite book trope in regards to spicy romances. And that is a good old fashioned why choose, also known as reverse harems. So this week's episode is titled, Why Have One Bitch When You Can Have Five? Why Have Five Bitches When You Can Have Nine? If you don't know what a reverse harem is, Basically, it's one girl, multiple male partners. And bitch, I wish I was polyamorous because the thought of having multiple boyfriends just sounds like a good fucking time. Unfortunately, anytime a man breathes wrong, I just want to sucker punch him in the fucking face. But with that being said, I love reading about why chooses because just the thought behind it is so entertaining to me. The spice in each one of these books I'm going to recommend and review to you guys is so good. God, I fucking love it. I just want to go ahead and let you guys know, keep in mind that not all of these books are something you should start off with when reading spicy romances. Start off with Penelope Douglas. Start off with someone light and fluffy and that is just one couple. And then as soon as you're ready to expand your horizons, then start off with these other books that I'm about to suggest to you. They're so good. They're so spicy. And I fucking love it. The thing that I love about Wide Chooses is that it is multiple POVs. So it's not only just the female POV, but also the other male main characters POVs. You love the character development. You love the plot. You love the way that they talk to each other because the way that these men talk to their girl is so good. It's so raunchy. The mouth on these men. I have a hard time trying to just separate the fact that these men were written by women. These men were written by women because they don't exist. and I want them to exist so bad, but that's okay. That's fine for all of my male viewers and listeners. Pick up one of these books, read it, digest it, understand it, and know this is what we fucking want. Well, at least this is what I fucking want. (laughs) But with that being said, all of these books, they're not for everyone. Obviously, we're going to get into the trigger warnings and I will review them and basically spoil them for you. And if you find them entertaining, go ahead and buy it. But If you don't and you still intend on buying them and then you don't like it and then get mad at me, bitch, you knew what you were signing up for. All right. When it comes down to reverse harems, it is just back to back smut. Sometimes there's not even a fucking plot to the book. It's just back to back of them clucking and fucking each other. 
And that's what I love about him because it just gets down and dirty. There is points where the spice starts in one chapter and it doesn't finish until two or three chapters later. And bitch, the longer you read the book, the spicier it fucking gets. And it just, it hits different. And I fucking love it. So we're going to get right into it. Two of the five books that I'm recommending I have already reviewed in the first episode, but we're going to get more into detail about what happens in the books. Obviously, you know, they are up for interpretation and they are up for those who are ready to expand their reading horizons. So with that being said, y'all, let's get into it. Now, these books I will recommend till the day I fucking die. When it comes down to reverse harems, you have to be open to multiple men and just one girl. And it sounds a little bit off-putting. It sounds a little bit crazy, but I'm a crazy bitch and I love crazy shit. And these men, these men in these books, I wish I can just grab each and every single one mush them together and mold them into one perfect man for myself because they just they know how to fuck (laughs) and they know what they are talking about and they know how to go ahead and express their feelings this is why I have a hard time when trying to talk to a guy because they are not written by a woman and you can definitely fucking tell (laughs) but these men God, these men, they have a special place in my heart and my no-no areas. (laughs) So let's get down to it. The first two books are from the same author, Lily Gold. And when I suggest reverse harems, I like to suggest these two books because it helps you dive into the why choose area of spicy books it's very fluffy, very rom com very cutesy, and that is Triple Duty Bodyguards and Faking with Benefits. Best way I can go ahead and compare these books, think of early 2000 rom-com movies and just add a lot of fucking spice and more men for one girl. Bitch, it is a lot of bang for your buck. And the banter between the characters is so good. Character development is so good. And it actually has a really good plot to them. And God damn it, the spice, bitch, the spice. <laughs> I am clutching my pearls, kicking my feet and giggling like a little schoolgirl. I love it. So whenever you are ready to dive into the reverse harem era, just start off with Lily Gold. Lily Gold writes it so well. I actually have another book in my TBR from her called Three Swedish Mountain Men. I will eventually get through it, but I have like at least 20 or more books that I need to get through first. But please, 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 if you are going to read reverse harem books, start off with Lily Gold. It's so good. The plot just keeps on plotting. The twists just keep on twisting and the dicks just keep on dicking. (laughs) So definitely start off with her and we'll go ahead and get into it. Don't you worry. Another book that really doesn't have a plot to it, but Boy, is the spice so fucking good. It made me feel all of these emotions. And honestly, it opened up a can of worms on what I was into, bitch. This one, this one hit different. 
because not only is it female on male action, but there is male on male action. I don't know what kind of kink that is, but I love it when men's peepees touch. I love it when the swords cross. I love it when they get down and dirty with each other because I'm just like, hell yeah. Fuck each other. Suck each other up. Do what you got to do to get each other off. And it is so fucking hot. I don't know. This is why I say if I'm going to be in a polyamorous relationship, I need to have all of my boyfriends to be bisexual because just the thought of a man kissing another man is so hot to me. But when a man fucks another man and I get to watch, (gasps) bitch, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's so good 1010 would recommend again there's not really a plot to this story it's just a lot of sex and I appreciate the fuck out of it it is 50 50 if it comes down to book reviews some people will tell you it's not a good story other people will tell you it's really good I am the one that's going to tell you it's really fucking good but also just keep in mind there's not a lot to it when it comes down to the plot it's cute in its own sense but also at the same time it is just straight up porn bitch and I love it and the last one obviously we talked about in the first episode and that is a losers part one and part two by Harley LaRoe this is more on the darker side of reverse harems and it has a lot of BDSM a lot of consent non-consent and a lot of degradation I know I've said before that I am not a degradation girly or a consent non-consent girly, but Harley LaRoe writes it so fucking well. Oh my God. I want all of these men. All of these men, they have at least fucked each other more than once and they let their peepees touch and they're very much into aftercare is the best care and they are all about safe words when these men tell the female main character Jessica that she has a safe word and to say her words and utilize them bitch (laughs) I never wanted to be a girl in a book so fucking bad it is so good I love it let's get into it and yeah, we're going to eat this shit up together. All right, we're going to start off with the first two books I've already reviewed in the first episode, and that is Losers Part 1 and Part 2 by Harley LaRoe. And before you read this series, please, please, please start off with The Dare, which is the novella and the Kickstarter into Losers Part 1 and Part 2. The Dare is so fucking spicy. It is a quick read. I believe it is seven to nine chapters and bitch. (laughs) Does it get does it get hot and heavy? Losers part one going into part two is just basically what happens after the dare. The dare takes place a year after everyone graduates from high school. Now, before we get started on all that, Just know that the female main character is a walking, talking, fucking cliche, but we love her character development. Her name is Jessica, and she was prom queen of her high school. She dated the quarterback of the football team, and they basically ran the whole high school. She was the captain of her cheerleading squad, and everyone loved her, hated her, or wanted to be her. This bitch... (laughs) This bitch was also the high school bully 
And she loved to torment four guys. The main one, Manson. Second one was Lucas. Third one was Vincent. And the fourth one was Jason. And bitch, their dynamic with each other. Oh, God, is it good. But you start off hating Jessica in the beginning because, come on now, we're bullying still in this day and age. But also, again, this story takes place in the fucking Midwest. And you can just tell these bitches have not gone outside and touched some fucking grass. (laughs) But Jessica, we learn to love her. We learn to accept the fact that she was just also hurting in her own sense of the word. With the dare, it takes place a year after everyone graduates from high school. And Jessica is still Jessica. And bitch, is she fucking annoying. In the dare, she goes to one of her old classmates' Halloween party. And she runs into one of the guys she used to bully, which is Manson. He is the main one out of the four guys in the group. And each one of the guys in the story she has had her own little encounter with them and bitch you just want to reach inside the book and shake her and just tell her to shut the fuck up and just hop on one of their dicks already I've had enough of her bullshit (laughs) but the story is so good so Jessica again she is a walking talking fucking cliche and you would think that She gets over the fact that no one is no longer in high school. No one is still following that narrative of the losers are the losers and like the popular kids are the popular kids and they need to be separated. She still harvests all of that pent up emotion and rage. And you just want to slap the shit out of her like, bitch, get the fuck over it. Oh, my God. No one cares who was a loser in high school. No one cares who was fucking popular. All right. People move on. People go off to college and live their fucking lives. But she is so embedded in how things should be. And it's so annoying. It's so annoying. But again, we learn to love her because of the character development. And slowly but surely, you know, she comes into her own. So The Dare, which is the novella of Losers Part 1 and Part 2, takes place a year after high school and it's a Halloween party. Jessica is there with her best friend from high school and they run into the guy that she used to bully, which is Manson. And she tries to make it into a big deal and is just like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. First and foremost, bitch, you don't fucking own the house. All right. Anyone is invited. So why... Are you taking it upon yourself to make someone who is trying to move on from high school bullies and you just keep fucking tormenting them? Anyways, in the dare, there is a part where Jessica and Manson are playing beer pong, but it's a weird type of version of beer pong. It's basically truth or dare and Jessica loses. And... Jessica and Manson have an agreement throughout the whole entire night. Jessica is basically going to be Manson's slave. (laughs) And boy, does he put her to fucking work. He basically makes degradation hot and sexy. And I ate that shit up every single fucking chapter. It was so good. So saucy. And 
so entertaining. Please read The Dare first before you go and read Losers Part 1 and Part 2. Now, we've already talked about the trigger warnings before in the first episode, but we're going to get into the trigger warnings again in this one. So for Losers Part 1, the trigger warnings are mental illness, trauma, childhood abuse, physical and emotional, body shaming by a parent to their adult child, parental rejection, bullying, instances of homophobia and biphobia, discussions of suicide. This book contains graphic sexual scenes, intense sequences of BDSM, graphic violence, and strong language, as well as consent, non-consent, degradation, role-playing, humiliation, bondage, electrostimulation, domestic discipline, impact play, knife play, bodily fluids, including blood, public play, pain play, voyeurism, and pet play. When I say that Harley LaRoe knows how to write good degradation scenes, bitch, it's the only time where I'm just like, maybe I can get behind this. (laughs) But really, I can't. I can't. I... Like I said before, I am a fighter and I will fight anyone who tries to put me down in the name of having sex. But hey, I love to fucking read about it. Losers takes place a couple years after the Halloween party in the dare. And Jessica at this point has graduated. She has, I believe she has a master's or bachelor's degree in architecture. So she wants to be an architect. She wants to design homes and everything. And she wants to move out of her little podunk town and live in the big city like New York. But that doesn't work out the way that she wants it to work out. After she graduates, she doesn't find a job immediately and she has to move back home with her parents And her mom is basically her fucking worst enemy. Her mom wants her to be a Southern Belle because, again, they live out in the Midwest somewhere. It's been a while since I've read these books. But she wants her to be a Southern Belle. She wants her to be like a little fucking debutante and be everything that she always wanted to be. Her mom basically wants her to have the life that she's always wanted when she was a teenager. But obviously she didn't fucking get that. So her mom is always constantly talking down on her, telling her that she's getting fat and everything. And you have to keep in mind, Jessica was a high school cheerleader. So she's fit and everything. And she doesn't think she's fat. She's always constantly going to the gym. She takes really good care of herself. But her mom doesn't fucking see that. So when Jessica moves back home after graduating college, she decides to rekindle friendships from high school. But The thing about that is that you outgrow a lot of your friends from high school. There's only a handful of people that you are actually still close with and everything. But her, she's outgrown them. She no longer fits the narrative that they are still fitting into. Her old high school friends basically peaked in fucking high school. And she is no longer trying to fit in that same narrative. She's trying to get the fuck out of town. She's trying to get the fuck out of Dodge, all right? So when she's back home and everything, she decides to go to a car meet with one of her old high school best friends. And she runs into Manson in the car meet when Manson's car beats one of her old high school friend's car in a race They decide to take it upon themselves and bring Jessica along with them to Manson's garage. So at this point, Manson and his group of friends, Vincent, Lucas and Jason, have all decided to move into Manson's old childhood home and revamp it and have their own 
little mechanic workshop and everything. They are making a name for themselves. They have a lot of clients at this point and, you know, they're minding their own fucking business as ones should, especially since they have been bullied and tormented their whole entire life ever since they were children. But with that being said, Jessica decides to go along with her old high school friends to Manson, Jason and Vincent and Lucas's garage and fuck their shit up. However, Jessica is not really into it. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She doesn't want to destroy any of their stuff. But her friends have convinced her to go ahead and be a lookout and make sure that no one comes in while they're fucking all of these cars up. Eventually, an alarm goes off and Jessica's friends leave her stranded there. In the process of all of this happening, Manson and the rest of the guys find Jessica hiding out, trying not to get caught. And they're just like, what the fuck happened? She said it wasn't her. It was another group of people. But she's willing to go ahead and do whatever it takes to repay them back. And bitch, (laughs) does she repay them back in the best possible fucking way and only way for her to repay them back is basically be their fucking sex toy and you would think all right I mean her friends who aren't really her friends anymore really destroyed thousands and thousands of dollars worth of cars and best way for her to repay these guys back is basically be their stay at home sex doll. (laughs) But God damn it is the smut so fucking good in these stories. And there's a lot of twists and turns. Obviously, there's a lot of trauma that all of the characters harvest between one another. Well, mostly because of Jessica, because Jessica did not make it any easier for them in high school. Now with these guys, again, four of them, and they're all bisexual. And the spy scenes between each of the guys by themselves with each other, bitch, I, (laughs) I fucking love it. Like I said, I love it when their peepees touch. I love it when they make out with each other. I love it when they fucking gargle each other's dicks. It's so good. And I didn't think I'd be into that, but hey, here I am. This is why I say when, and if I'm polyamorous, I want all of my boyfriends to be bisexual because I need to watch them cluck and fuck each other while I just sit and look. That, my friends, is called voyeurism. And boy, oh boy, is it, is it fucking hot. <laughs> but with the spice in this book, it's, it's fucking crazy. There are some instances where, you know, she's tied up and they're electrocuting her with a fucking taser and there are some points where they're hitting her with a paddle a lot of degradation talk and everything and a lot of pet play and she's so into it and eventually she starts coming into her own and realizing you know she's always been into all of them at the same time and you know maybe they can be maybe she can be more than just their fuck toy at the end of the day (laughs) And good for her for realizing that fact. That doesn't happen closer until um, Loser's Part 2. But boy, oh boy, is it fucking entertaining. I want to read a couple of 
the little snippets of here of what happens. So buckle up, y'all. Now, this is a little snippet from Losers Part 1. We'll talk about Losers Part 2 afterwards. But this is Jessica's POV. (laughs) And right now, her and the guys are about to cluck and fuck each other. All right. This little snippet is from Losers Part 1. And from what I remember, I believe this is the second time they're having sex with each other as a group. And bitch... (laughs) does it get fucking spicy it is jessica's pov so here it goes what a sexy little fuck toy you are lucas said he stroked my clit my body twitching at the pleasure he drew out of me he kept rubbing me and then his mouth was on me tongue moving over my puckered asshole i gasped panting as manson leaned over his mouth replaced lucas's fingers on my clit and i saw stars oh you like that don't you lucas growled he paused and grabbed one of the ice cubes and popped it in his mouth then he was backed between my cheeks i shuddered as his tongue probed my ass his mouth clo- <laughs> his mouth cold as he rimmed me he pushed the ice forward pressing it against me before sucking it back all the while manson's tongue flicked over my clit with merciless focus bitch <laughs> Anytime I think about these books, I get the best possible war flashbacks. I I feel like that SpongeBob meme when he's in the cave and he's just like, <sighs> that's me. Every time I think about Losers Part 1 and Part 2. Let's continue, shall we? <clears throat> God, that feels so good, I gasped. Please, please don't stop. The table creaked beneath me, my muscles shaking violently. All thoughts emptied from my head as I shook with pleasure. Fuck Manson. Lucas, please. I cried out their names as my brack arched. (laughs) Convulsing with ecstasy as I came, they didn't stop until I was spent, until my cries grew frantic from overstimulation. I lifted my head in time to see them kiss, Lucas licking my arousal from Manson's chin. I am living for this. Oh my god, like I said, I love male on male action. So when the men start touching peepees and start making out with each other and start sucking each other's dick, I am eating that shit up. Oh my god. 1010 would definitely recommend. And it's a lot of degradation, but in the best possible way. It's a lot of foreplay, it's a lot of edging, it's a lot of kinks and BDSM and bitch. Is it so fucking entertaining? Now I want to reread this. I'm going to buy the audible and, you know, no, I'm going to wait until I get a credit so I can buy the first one (laughs) with my said credit and just listen to all of the POVs because there's just something about audibles. Like, I love reading like the actual physical copies of books, but once you get the audiobooks and then have a voice behind these guys or these girls and just when they go into great detail about what the fuck is going on, bitch, it makes my heart go pizza, 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 pizza. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And you'll love it too. But again, read at your own risk. And if you do decide to read it, read the dare first. All right. So this is another snippet from Losers Part 2. And this is them all fucking each other we love a group project are you kidding all right this isn't jason's pov i whimpered at the sound of her that beautiful sweet submissive voice so eager to please then lucas grabbed my cock 
stroking me slowly before he lowered his head and took me into his mouth. The heat of his tongue and the sudden suction made my eyes roll back. My toes curled as I clung tightly to the chains, my abdomen flexing as Lucas dipped lower and swiped his tongue over my hole. He probed his tongue into me, watching me from between my spread legs. Lucas, please, please. The words didn't make it out of my mouth but I felt them every shred of my being. My pleading was nothing more than muffled moaning to him. Look who's begging already, Vincent said. Jess cried out as Manson moved the vibrator against her clit. The slick sounds of his fingers pumping into her almost unbearably erotic. Lucas's nose was buried against my taint, his tongue stroking, pushing, and swirling. He hooked his hands around my thighs, holding me tight against his mouth. Then he stroked his tongue upward again, lapping and sucking at my balls like he wanted to eat me alive. Oh, to be a fly on that fucking wall. <laughs> Bitch, it, it just got better and fucking better. I loved this series so much. One of the series that I wish I can read again for the first time. And I know it will just hit different every single time. Again, chapters are all just them clucking and fucking each other. And there is probably like one or two chapters where it's a break and everything. And it goes back to the plot of what's happening in the story. And... It just gets spicier and spicier each and every single time. I'm already kicking my feet and <laughs> giggling and oh God, oh God. Again, it's more on the darker side when it comes to reverse harems and it's just so well written. Harley LaRoe, kudos to you, bitch, because you had me gagged and fucking all sorts of things. <laughs> And, oh, God, what a good story. Basically, what happens is that Manson's father has hated him his whole entire life. He was an alcoholic, a drug user, whatever. And he was also Manson's tormentor growing up. So not only was Jessica his bully, but his dad was also someone who should have been locked up a long ass fucking time ago. Eventually, Manson gets to keep the house after his mom dies and the dad just moves on somewhere and eventually keeps coming back later on to try and take the house back from Manson and the rest of the guys and Manson's dad hires Jessica's old high school friends to help run them out of town so he can keep the house to himself and it doesn't pan out as well as he thought because Jessica, at this point, she is a ride or die for her men. She will fucking go to the ends of the earth for them. So she does everything in her power to make sure that they're all well protected and that she's always there for them. And eventually Manson's dad does come back and try to burn the house down while they're all currently sleeping. And Jessica takes it upon herself to attack Manson's dad but he has other plans he chokes her out and everything and eventually the guys come downstairs and beat the shit out of Manson's dad police come take him away and they all live happily ever after the end really good story I like the plot I love the spice a lot better <laughs> but 
but read at your own risk. If you don't like the trigger warnings that I just listed, then don't. If you want, just go on TikTok and find more of the spoilers on there. But if you do plan on reading it, bitch, buckle up for a wild fucking ride. All right. Second book that I want to talk about is Pucking Around. This one really doesn't have that much of a plot to it. That's why there's a lot of 50-50 on it when it comes down to how others viewed the book and if they liked it or not. Some people said they didn't like it because, again, there was no plot to it. Other people did like it because it's really good spice. I personally liked it. Yeah, there was no real good plot to the story. It was cute. It was a little bit fluffy, but really it was just a lot of fucking between all of them. And boy, did I eat every chapter up, bitch. Oh my God. So it takes place in Jacksonville, Florida with our main female character, Rachel Price, who is a physical therapist. She used to work for the NBA in California, but has since made a career change and now is a physical therapist for the NHL in Jacksonville, Florida. However, once she gets to her new job, she finds out that one of the guys on the team she's already hooked up with. So again, this book has a novella first and I did not read the novella. Apparently you don't have to read it and I got along with the book well. I was able to read it even without knowing what the fuck happened beforehand. But Rachel has already hooked up with one of the guys on the team. His name is Jake and the best thing I can compare him to is a fucking golden retriever. And there's always a pattern when it comes down to these reverse harems. And that is, there's always a golden retriever boyfriend. There's always a Doberman boyfriend. And there always has to be like a black cat boyfriend. And the personalities is one of them is happy-go-lucky. The other one is very protective. And the other one is very much standoffish and is just like, um, I don't think this is a good idea. But I'm going to slowly but surely warm up to the fact that we're all going to fuck each other, if you know what I mean. So Rachel moves to Jacksonville, Florida, and she finds out that one of the team members she's already hooked up with, but she's made a promise to herself and to him that they are not going to hook up anymore because she's professional. She works for them and she's only there to make sure that no one gets hurt because, again, she's a physical therapist. However, that doesn't work out the way that she wants it to work out because this bitch is a freak, a capital freak. All right. And good for her. This bitch knows what she wants and she's not afraid to go ahead and ask for it. So a little backstory on Rachel. Rachel grew up very well off. She grew up in a very famous family. Only way I can compare it to consider her like the Liv Taylor of her family because her dad was a front runner of a band and kind of think of Aerosmith, you know? However, she always was in the spotlight in the worst possible way. Think of early 2000s tabloids where they just went after all of these actresses, you know, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, what have you always bringing them down and always slut shaming them. She went through a lot of shit in her childhood, a lot of substance abuse and everything. She has a twin brother who was outed. So he's gay. He was outed and 
he got so much hate for it where he almost killed himself. And so she brought it upon herself to make sure that she is never in the limelight. So she has not been in the tabloids for a couple years now, and she wants to keep it that way. However, when she moves to Jacksonville, Florida, she develops a relationship with three of the men there. So two of them are on the NHL team that Jacksonville raised, and one of them works for the team. The characters are Jake, again, the golden retriever, Ilmari, who is the goalie, and he is described as a Viking. And as soon as she described him, I automatically pictured Alexander Skarsgård. And if you don't know who that is, for all of my girlies who are true blood fans, you know who Eric Northman is. And that is exactly who I picture for Ilmari. Now, for Jake, who do I picture? I picture a young Chris Evans. Chris Evans in Fantastic Four. And the other guy, Caleb, I picture Tom Hardy. Now, (laughs) all of these men, not only do they have a mouth on them, but boy, can they fuck. (laughs) But the thing with Rachel is she wants to keep their relationship under wraps because she already knows that the media is going to twist their relationship and make it out into something that's horrible, disgusting, and just downright gross. And she just wants to keep it in a small, cute little bubble and keep all of these guys to herself and just let them know, like, look, at work, we're just co-workers, okay? But behind closed doors, we getting it on like fucking Donkey Kong, all right? Now... My favorite character in this book has got to be Caleb. Caleb, (laughs) he is the dom of the whole entire group. And boy, does this man know how to fuck. And the way they describe his dick, bitch, I am terrified and intrigued at the same fucking time. So when you get into all of the characters and everything and then you finally get to them having sex with each other for the first time when they talk about Caleb and the way they describe his dick it is otherworldly bitch so we are all aware of genital piercings all right girls get their fucking clits pierced get their get their vaginas pierced and everything and men get penis piercings We've all heard of a Prince Albert. If you've never heard of a Prince Albert, Google is free. If you're too afraid to Google it, it's basically a piercing going through the guy's tip of his dick. However, there is another piercing (laughs) that Caleb has. And bitch, (laughs) every time I think about it, I get scared. But I'm also intrigued. So Caleb has what is called a Jacob's Ladder piercing. And if you don't know what that is, let me save you the Google search, bitch. It's basically a row of piercings going up the bottom shaft of a guy's dick. Bitch, when they fucking describe that. (laughs) I was in shock and in disbelief. My initial reaction is, is it not going to get stuck? Like, how does it not get stuck? Because 
I would get terrified if I ever came across a man who had a Jacob's Ladder piercing. I would immediately think, no, I don't want to accidentally have one of your piercings get lodged in my vaginal wall. And then we have to go and drive to the ER and have to explain that, hey, so one of his piercings is lodged up there and I don't know how to get it. (laughs) But hey, apparently he knows how to fucking work it and bitch he's my favorite out of all of them now each of the characters have a little niche going on with them Caleb he used to be a professional hockey player but his career ended early on when he first started out and basically during a game someone in the opposing team fucked up his knee so bad that he no longer can even ice skate at this point Now, Jake and Caleb have been best friends their whole entire life. Caleb is bisexual and he's always had a thing for Jake, but he's not going to even try and touch that fact and see what's going to go on there. However, when Rachel comes along, she notices this shit and she's just like, you know, why don't we start a little something, something together? And eventually shit gets raunchy as fuck it is a bi awakening with jake and we love to see it because he is all about his homie caleb they are best friends that is his ride or die he does not care he tells him he loves him every single day because that's his homie that is a man who is so in tune with his femininity it I love him. I just want to hug him every single time. I think my least favorite character out of all of them is Omari. But the way that they describe this man when he starts fucking Rachel. Oh, God. He really be taking her to pound town and good for fucking him. Jesus fucking Christ. Let's get into the trigger warnings. Let's see. So. The tags are MF, so male, female, MM, male, male, MMF, male, male, female, MFM, male, female, male, MMFM, which is male, male, female, male. The book contains bullying linked to homophobia, brief discussion of a family member's attempt to unalive, more than one main character has a history of substance abuse, one went to rehab for treatment discussed, not shown, a main character also has a history with disordered eating, This book contains detailed two to three and four person sex scenes that includes elements of impact play, choking, voyeurism, bondage, double penetration, double vaginal penetration. By the way, bitch, when I got to that part, I had to put the book down and immediately in my head, I'm like, it's going to rip. It's going to rip. It's going to rip. But then I have to remind myself, we literally push out watermelon sized babies during birth. So I'm pretty sure this pussy can take a pounding. Toy use, degradation, dom, sub, spit play, snowballing, and breeding kink. Bitch. It was just back to back fucking. And really, that's why a lot of people don't really like it because it was just a lot of sex. But that's what you're signing up for with all of these reverse harem books. There's more sex to reverse harem books as opposed to just you know two people getting it on in regular smut books it is so crazy and it gets more and more steamy the more you start reading so I want to read a little bit of the 
snippets that I have here. 1010, again, would definitely recommend. Let's see. This is Caleb's POV. At this point, Caleb, Rachel, and Jake are having sex in Jake's kitchen. And Rachel is introducing Jake to pleasuring Caleb. And we already know at this point that Caleb has a thing for Jake, but he's not going to try and ruin their friendship because his friendship means more to him than actually getting it on with him, even though he's loved this man since day one. All right. So this is Caleb's POV. Jake's mouth is around my dick and I'm dead. This is death and I've died. It must be heaven because Rachel is here too. They're both on their knees and she's coaching him through how to suck me like a champion. This fucking woman, this goddess, she's topping me, topping us both from her fucking knees. And now I'm dead all over again. This is it. I'm done. I'll follow her anywhere. Just call me ready because I'm fucking whipped. We love a good pun. That's so good, Angel, she murmurs at Jake, her hand around his cock, stroking him as he sucks me. His tongue is warm and wet, and it's all I can do to stay standing. Take him deeper, she croons, her other hand in his hair, soothing him like she knows he needs. Relax your throat and let him slide all over your tongue. Mmm, just like that. Oh my fucking God, she has to stop narrating or I'm gonna blow. I cannot let my first blowjob from Jake Compton be over in 60 seconds. I have to slow this down. I have to last. You're doing so good, she says. Look at you, taking my K. Cup his balls, baby. You know how you like it. Give him a little squeeze. A little squeeze? Like, honk, honk. (laughs) All right, all right. Oh, God, I can't. Oh, fuck. And then his hand is right fucking there. Jake Compton is cupping my sack while his mouth is fully sucking my dick. He's losing control, she teases, her free hand brushing down my bare thighs. If you're not careful, he's going to blow his hot load down your throat. Fuck yes, I am, I growl, finding my last words. And my good boy is going to swallow it all. I'm going to fill you up so fucking full. No, you're not, she counters. She leans in, murmuring softly. murmuring softly in jake's ear you're gonna let him blow in your mouth angel and you're not going to swallow nod that you agree (sighs) bitch when i was reading this in my head i was like go jake go go jake go (laughs) it was so hot and it's just never fucking ending it has lasted for about three chapters and i was in it And every time I went to chapters where it's just them talking and going about their business, I'm just like, okay, but get on with the fucking spice. Get fucking to it. Now, there is points in this where when they're all fucking as a group and (laughs) they're trying to stick two dicks in her. Again, I was thinking it's going to rip. It's going to fucking rip. But the way that they describe it, because Caleb has a Jacob's Ladder and when the guys describe it they're like i can feel it in her walls what do you mean what do you mean you can feel it how exactly does it feel no pause don't tell me wait yeah tell me but god damn it bitch is it so fucking spicy it's so good again there's not really a lot of plot to it Basically, what happens in the end, 
she gets found out. Well, they all get found out that they have a secret relationship going on and it's going to be spread like wildfire in the news. And she doesn't want to deal with all of that. So Jake, Caleb and Ilmari take it upon themselves to just go ahead and out them and let the world know, yeah, we're all fucking each other and she's our girlfriend and we're all going to be together and we don't give a fuck what the world has to say. And it's so cute because you're just like, we need men like that who will stand by their women no matter how fucking freaky they are. Eventually, they all get married together. It's like a four-way marriage. It's so cute. You love it. And I want to finish the rest of the series because there's other characters other side characters that you just love they're so funny they're so cute and it really gets the fucking juices flowing bitch so read at your own risk again caleb is my favorite i need to find me a caleb because the mouth on this man and the dick on this man oh jesus oh i can't think about it too much or else i'm not gonna get anything done at all today Now, the last two books I want to talk about are from the same author, Lily Gold. And Lily Gold is my bitch. I love her. She is definitely an author you should read when considering, you know, dabbling into the why choose genre when it comes to smut books. She writes really good smut. And the plot is plotting and the characters are developing. It's so good. It's very cutesy, very rom-commy, very fluffy, nothing too crazy, nothing like pucking around or losers part one and part two, nothing like that. Hers is very much sweet, cute, you know, yeah, there's multiple guys, but they're not gonna, you know, treat her with the utmost disrespect. They are gonna love her, take care of her, and it's all around good fun. She does have five other books. However, well, she has five books in total. However, I've only read two of the five. And I also have another book on my TBR that I want to get to eventually. But I got like 20 books I need to get through before I get to that one. But these books, I always suggest when people are trying to expand their smut book horizons. They want to dabble into the reverse harem genre and see what the fuck is out there it's nothing intense there's no degradation there's no consent non-consent and all that other stuff yeah there's some little traumas here and there with some of the characters but we love it it's good they have happy endings and they all wind up together at the end first book i love to recommend is faking with benefits Faking with Benefits is so funny and it's just an all around good read. All of her books take place in the UK and Faking with Benefits takes place in London. Our female main character, her name is Layla Thompson. She has her own lingerie line. She designs all of her own lingerie. She even models them. You would think because she is a boss ass bitch, she knows how to date men. She knows how to talk to men. Eh, Wrong. She has a hard time dating she has a hard time being in a relationship with anyone she has some trauma from growing up and everything so it's hard for her to develop these relationships with all of these men 
It's so bad to the point where one day she's out on a date with a guy and he can't get away from her fast enough. He takes it upon himself to sneak out through the men's restroom at the restaurant. And it's just so bad. You feel so sorry for her because what the fuck is this bitch even saying to these guys that they need to get away from her? Someone needs to fucking help her out. And who better to help her out than her flatmates? Well, not her flatmates, but her next door neighbors in her apartment who are all three single men who have their own podcast, the three single men, and they give out relationships advice and everything. And at a certain point in these guys' lives, they have all dated the same girl at the same time. So they know a lot about polyamorous relationships and they're open to sharing one girl with each other. They take it upon themselves to teach Layla how to date, how to flirt, and do this, that, and the third. And hey, even teach her how to fuck. (laughs) It's so fun. It's so cute. There's a lot going on within it. Basically, what happens is that Layla, throughout her childhood, she has either been bullied or slut-shamed when really she was just trying to live her best life. She never did a lot of the things that all of these guys and girls in high school, even the fucking principal as well, accused her of doing she was basically a virgin in high school and she was classified as the school slut eventually she learns to get past it not really and she makes a name for herself she has her own lingerie line she's doing well for herself but obviously she can't keep a man to save her fucking life so she asks her apartment neighbors and they help her And bitch, when they start fucking each other, oh, God, (laughs) I love it. It is so spicy and not the intense type of spicy, like, you know, pucking around or losers part one and part two. No type of degradation going on or type of consent, non-consent shit going on. It's very much lighthearted and it's very much straight to the point, but. God, does it hit you where, not where it hurts, but where it feels good. (laughs) So eventually later on throughout the series, you know, Layla, you know, figures out that she actually is starting to develop feelings for all three of these men. Now, in the beginning, when they are teaching her how to date, they all come to an agreement that, you know, none of them are going to fall for each other. But, you know, when you mix sex with the whole entire dynamic, you know, someone is going to go ahead and fall for someone else. Now, one of the characters, one of the men in the book, he has already loved Layla from the beginning ever since she moved across the hall from them. And he's always harvested like this cute little crush for her, never really said anything to her, well, never said anything at all to her, but has always tried to keep a friendly relationship with her. Then obviously, you know, they start working with her to try and keep a man, help her date and everything. And one thing leads to another, it starts getting fucking complicated. Now, the other characters, there's a lot of crisscross applesauce going on in this book. So one of the other male main characters, he used to be Layla's teacher in high school. They never had any type of relationship in high school. She never thought of him as sexy or hot or whatever. She respected him as a teacher and he respected her as a student. Fast forward 
couple of years later, now they live across from the hall from each other. And now they think they're fucking sexy as fuck. <laughs> now, in high school, her principal used to be married to her teacher, who is now one of the guys helping her how to date. Again, a lot of crisscross applesauce going on in this fucking book. Another one of the characters who is Zach, he used to be an ex-rugby player. He gives off golden retriever fucking energy. But this man, he's got a mouth on him. He is so funny. And out of all of them, he is the second most damaged because in his past relationship that he had when he was a teenager, he married his high school sweetheart who was terminally ill and she died a couple of weeks later or a couple days later after they got married. And since then, he's just been grieving and he refuses to be in any other new relationship because he has this harvested guilt that if he moves on, then he's going to forget his first wife. And it's a little bit sad, you know? And when it comes down to Luke, the silver fox one. He was married to the principal. Now they're divorced. And he has like this whole thing going on with her where he's just like, I can't be in another relationship. I can't get married. It's too much. Like, I would rather be by myself. And then you have Josh, (laughs) who's in love with Layla, who's just open to fucking anything and especially fucking her. There is a lot of twists and turns. There's a lot of shit happening and you feel bad for each of the characters for all of the traumas that they've been through, except really for Josh, because there's not really a lot going on with him other than the fact that he is in love with Layla and he's been in love with her since the beginning. Now, closer towards the end, when Layla is coming to the realization that she is in love with all of the boys at the same time and wants to tell them her feelings, she decides to tell Zach first. And Zach, he immediately shuts down because not only one, does he love her back, but two, he feels really guilty because he feels like he is forgetting about his first love and he pushes Layla away, which then starts a domino effect and has her running away from these guys and, you know, wanting to move away to New York to start more of her business and just make a bigger, better name for herself. Obviously, there's more to it. So you would definitely have to go ahead and read it. And obviously, they wind up together at the end of the book. But boy, is it so fucking good. You cry a little bit. I know I did, but I'm an emotional fucking bitch. So I cry at anything. (laughs) And you know, you just are so happy when they finally link up together and they take the plunge and obviously they marry each other at the end of the day. And you just love it. You love all of them. So let's go ahead and read a spicy part. Now, this is in Zach's POV. He is the ex-rugby player and he's the one who is grieving the loss of his first relationship. And it's only him, Layla, and Josh who are having sex right now. So let's get into it. I glance up and almost come right then and there. She's blowing him enthusiastically as I screw her. Her pink cheeks hollowed, her lips red and wet as her head bobs over his length. Her whole body is jolting with every one of my thrusts, pushing him further down her throat, but she doesn't seem bothered, sucking at him sloppily. 
He has a hand clutched in her pale blonde hair, and he's panting like he can't catch his breath. I can't blame him. Layla, he repeats, if you don't stop, I'll come. She makes an approving noise and reaches up with her other hand, squeezing his balls as, as she tugs at him. I watch as he loses control, shouting as he spills into her mouth. She tightens her grip on him, gulping down his cum, her throat moving as she swallows over and over. good for her (laughs) oh my god just reading it like you wouldn't think the cover art so cute right bitch it gets it gets naughty as fuck and that's why i love reverse harems because like i said it's chapter after chapter back to back of banger after banger after banger and it just doesn't fucking stop and it gets hotter and sexier Every time you go through any of Lily Gold's books, goddamn, it is so good. <sighs> ten Ten would definitely recommend if you are going to start a reverse harem, start with this one. Cute, lighthearted, and fluffy. And yeah, you just want all of these men to yourself. I definitely want all of these men to myself. Again, why can't I be polyamorous? Why can't I just accept that I want multiple boyfriends? Without the fucking consequence. (laughs) All right. So. (laughs) Okay. So the last book also by Lily Gold is Triple Duty Bodyguards. This one is a little more, not necessarily intense, but it does have more to it. It does involve kidnapping, stalking and PTSD and other things. So again, it takes place in the UK in London and our female main character, Brer, she is a Hollywood actress and she is labeled as the bitch of Hollywood. People hate to love her and people love to hate her. She, you learn that she is a bitch for a reason and only a bitch to those who deserve it. She calls out people on their shit for doing the opposite of what they said they would do and you know she's not afraid to stand up for what she believes in as well as stand up for people who she believes in as well but because Hollywood has her labeled as the fucking bitch no one takes her seriously so one night when Br'er is sleeping it's the beginning of the book one night when she's sleeping she wakes up and notices that her room has been broken into she looks down at her bed and she notices jizz all over it gross she puts two and two together that someone broke into her house and she has a stalker she calls the police police come they take her statement and they're not really believing her because again she's labeled as the bitch of hollywood they don't really care they think she's lying they think she's overreacting But she is scared. She doesn't want to be by herself. So her publicist takes it upon herself to hire more security for her. And so she hires these three ex-military men who call themselves the angels. And boy, (laughs) do they know how to fucking lay the pipe down. (laughs) She has a rough start with them because... Even though she has a stalker, she wants to still live her life. She wants to do the things that she was always doing in the beginning, going out, you know, doing what she has to do 
going to premieres and all that stuff and just being out in public. But obviously she can't because someone out there wants to hurt her. Someone out there thinks that they belong together. Now, her security guards, they eventually start warming up to her and they eventually start seeing her for who she truly is, which is someone who's nice and actually very smart and who's not a bitch at all. She's a bitch in the fucking bedroom and they fucking put her in her place. And boy, do you love it. (laughs) So there does come a point where eventually she has to go to America for one of her movie premieres. And in doing so, she's putting herself more at risk of her stalker coming to get her. And that's exactly what happens. So during her premiere, a bomb goes off that her stalker has made and so many people are injured. In the middle of all of this commotion, he kidnaps her and takes her to a house in the middle of fucking nowhere, somewhere in the woods, and just keeps her there and is just like, me and you belong together. I love you and I know you love me. And she's just like, what the fuck? No, bitch. I don't belong to you. And she's trying so hard to escape while her three bodyguards are trying so hard to try and find her. And there's just a lot of twists and turns. It's thrilling it's a little bit sad because you really dive into why she is the way that she is she also has her own traumas she has a lot of panic attacks as well there is a point when she I believe they're at a ball or a gathering of some sort and she tries to slip away to you know have her panic attack in fucking peace But obviously her three bodyguards are trying to find her and trying to see where the fuck she's at. And they find her on the floor of the restroom, pretty much in fetal position and having this full on panic attack, unable to breathe. And they are trying to get her to relax and everything. But that scene is so funny. (laughs) It's so funny because... Um, one of the bodyguards, the main one, he's telling her to just relax, to breathe. And then she's like, what the fuck you think am I doing? <laughs> she's like, it's not my first panic attack. It's so funny, but it's not funny. But the way that it's written, it's pretty lighthearted. Eventually, they start learning to love each other and start learning to appreciate each other. And boy, oh boy, when they get it on for the first time bitch it is so fucking good oh my god it she's very domineering she likes to be in control in the bedroom and one of the guys one of the three bodyguards loves to be under her control another one likes to watch and another one likes to control her at the same time it's so good it's so spicy Oh, God, it is a more shorter read than Faking with Benefits, but the plot and the character development is so amazingly well written. You just love all of them and you just are rooting for them all at the same time. So let's go ahead and read some of the spicy parts. Now, this is Brer's POV and it's her and one of the guys, his name is Glenn, having sex. Let's read it, shall we? 
I've never had someone eat me out like this, like they're starving for it. Glenn licks me roughly, his tongue sliding up and down my lips like he's mapping me out, working out what I like. Then he does it all over again, harder, licking and nibbling and breathing hot air all over me until I'm a total mess. Oh, is all I can say. My voice is so breathless, I can barely recognize it. Oh, oh, oh God. My eyes close, my hips start to jerk and jump, and he tightens his grip on me, panting, groaning, trying desperately to burrow to burrow closer it barely takes a minute before I feel my stomach tightening I gasp for air reaching down to wrap my hands in his hair and tug him further into me he groans sliding his tongue inside me I feel my clit jump up against his mouth and grind down trying desperately to rub at the ache he shudders and then gets his lips around the little nub and sucks hard I fist my hand in his hair and just fall apart tightening my thighs around his neck my orgasm arcs through me like a rainbow and through it all he keeps licking me steady and strong (sighs) i need every man in the fucking world to read one smut book one reverse harem in general and just write notes so they know what the fuck they're doing because these men know what the fuck they're doing and find me men like these (laughs) It's so good. It's so fucking good. Oh my god, I love it. I I am a reverse harem girly through and through. Any type of book that is going to have multiple men, four is too much. Three, ha, hey, three is a fucking sweet spot. But Jesus Christ, when you read about it and like you're into it, you're just like, maybe I should dabble in some polyamory. Maybe I should go out there and find me not one, not two, but three fucking boyfriends because we all need three boyfriends. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? I know I'm right. (laughs) The way this book ends, again, it's super cute, very fluffy. Obviously, she's been kidnapped by her stalker. Her bodyguards come and help her. They save her and everything. And they try to get through the trauma of her being kidnapped and almost getting killed. And fast forward, they all wind up being together and they are still her bodyguards. And it's so cute and it's so lovely. And God damn it, I need three boyfriends. (laughs) I need three boyfriends. No, I need these men. But it's so hard because these men were written by women and you can fucking tell. But anyways, guys, that is the book review. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry this episode took a while to be on Spotify. But, you know, I was just not into the first recording of it. And this one, I am actually very satisfied with it. But other than that, I am super excited for next week's episode. I am deciding on what book to review, either the book I'm currently reading, starting a new book, or reviewing a book that I've already read. I'll go ahead and put a poll. You guys let me know. But other than that, have a fabulous day, y'all. And remember, don't let the haters get you down.